Some well-known evangelicals are speculating that the Russia-Ukraine war is the beginning of the end of the world. Is this World War III? We will answer this question and many others while taking your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Now, like I said in the tease, there's a lot of evangelicals and a lot of people that since this Ukraine-Russian war kicked off, um, they've been saying, well, hey, it's the end of the world. This is it. This is the Battle of Armageddon. This is World War III. And this is it. Everything's fixing to wrap up. Well, we need to talk about that today. Uh, And I'm sure that we'll get some questions and different things about that because um, things are not what they seem right now. And we need to be able to understand, hey, the World War III, uh, these different wars that are prophesied in the Bible, when do they occur? What are the clues that will let us know we're in that war or that that war has occurred and uh, the timing of it all. So we want to make sure we get these things right here because we don't want to... Yeah, what's going on in Russia and Ukraine, it is a horrible thing. But we don't want to talk about it being the end of the world, Jesus coming back, um, the, you know, the beginning of the 1,000-year millennial reign, the Battle of Armageddon, because it's simply not time for those things to occur. I know a lot of people have said, well, hey, this is going to usher in the Messiah and, you know, a lot of different things. And that's that's simply not the case. So we want to make sure everybody understands what's going on. Now, one of the things that I've been watching that I wanted to mention before I get to the calls, and again, I will be taking your calls today, 1-877-363-8463 or 1-800-END-TIME. But I wanted to cover something really quick and then we'll get there. Wayne Allen Root, many of you know him, wrote an article for the, I think it was the Gateway Pundit. He said, here's your red pill moment about the Russia-Ukraine war. Now, we've known that everything is not what it seems about, like on the surface. Uh, and, uh, you know, when, when the international community, uh, the Biden administration, Europe, George Soros, Klaus Schwab, all of them said, hey, let's get on board with Ukraine and fight against Russia and, you know, let's support Ukraine and everything. I started looking at this thing. I thought, well, those people are all globalist. What's really going on here? And so I've been reading articles because I want to know the full picture. And to try to tie it all into prophecy, well, Wayne Allen Root wrote an article on March 6th. He said, something smells rotten in Ukraine. He said, Biden and the media desperately want you to believe that Russia is the bad guy. Ukraine is a little angel. 
They want you to fall in love with the underdog Ukraine. They want you to support America getting involved on behalf of Ukraine. They're trying to pull Europe and Ukraine and everybody in. Well, to get your support, they need the media to sell you a bill of goods. This is Wayne Allen Root. But it just doesn't add up. First, and I want you to think about this because he said that originally Biden was the one that funded Russia's invasion. You understand that we um, had, you know, he cut off our pipeline here. We went into, we were energy independent when he came into office. That ended and we went into energy dependency on other nations of the world, one of them being Russia. Well, Vladimir Putin didn't do that to us. Our president killed our pipelines. Our president has been fighting coal. here. In the, our president has been uh, banning the drilling, different things, which, has made us, which made us dependent upon Russian oil. And I think, he's, I think he's just banned that now. We're looking to different places, even maybe Iran and Venezuela. But Vladimir Putin did not do that to us. And so you can kind of see some cover-ups, some propaganda. A lot of different things are going on here rather than just Vladimir Putin wanting to recreate the old uh, USSR and taking um, uh, uh, Ukraine back. There's a lot of different things going on here. There are people that are actually making money off of this. And so Wayne Allen Root was bringing all this out. It was not Putin that's done this. Our own president did this. Now, he goes on to say, George, George Soros pulled Biden's strings and that Soros is on the side of Ukraine. Soros recently said that the whole world must support Ukraine and that it turns out, according to, to Mr. Root, that Soros was instrumental in getting Zelensky installed as the president of the Ukraine. And he said it's one of the most corrupt nations on the earth. But yet, they want to pull the United States and our boys and girls in there to fight for them. Now, again, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm pro-Russia, pro-Biden, uh, pro-Zelensky, or pro-Ukraine. My goal is to teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world and to expand the kingdom of God in the earth. That's the goal, preparing people for His second coming. But also, the Bible gets into some political spheres, and so we have to, because the prophecies, a lot of them deal with world government, world religion, the mark of the beast. So we talk about this stuff, and I want you to know the truth of all of this. Wayne Allen Root goes on to say, Keep in mind, evil billionaire Soros is obsessed with the hatred of America. He desperately wants to destroy our country. He has, infu- he has funded the invasion of our, uh, much of the invasion of our borders. And Soros also funded and elected all the horrible district of attorneys across America. And Soros's district of attorneys are bent on destroying America. Now, I will tell you, I agree with him on this. Because I'll, I want to tell you a story really quick. Uh, I'm, I'm coming up on a break. I may have to wait till afterwards. But Irvin Baxter and I personally experienced a, a George, an individual that George Soros was influencing, a district of attorney here in the South, to bow down to his edicts. And this certain district of attorney would not do that. Even though he was a Democrat, 
district of attorney in the South. He did not agree with some of the things that George Soros did. And he met us at a prophecy conference and told us what happened uh, to make sure that we understood that George Soros was very influential in the politics of America and different things he was trying to fund uh, to get his agendas pushed here in America. So on the back side of the break, I'll cover that very quickly, cover a little bit more, and then we'll go straight to the phones. Again, I'm taking your calls today, one 877 8463 And so uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on with this war in Ukraine, more than just Russia's invasion of Ukraine. A lot going on behind the scenes. Right now, there are tens of thousands of Jewish immigrants stranded in Ukraine as Russia invades city after city with no regard for human life. 3,000 Jews are ready to return to Israel today. The need for evacuation, shelter, flights, and emergency housing, nearly $10 million. The Jews in Ukraine need your help. If half of you gave just $250 toward this need, it would be met in full today. Please consider giving to help Jews safely escape Ukraine. To give or learn more, go to endtime.com Ukraine or call 800-END-TIME. That's endtime.com Ukraine or 800-363-8463. I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. So Wayne Allen Root was talking about George Soros helping to get Zelensky elected in Ukraine. He was involved in that with this big, uh, a big propaganda campaign that he put out. And he says that Soros is on the same side as the media in this Russia-Ukraine uh, conflict that's going on. He said they're all one big happy family on the side of Ukraine. And he says at the end, he said this is all part of George Soros and Klaus Schwab's Great Reset. They want to make us all in, uh, obedient serfs and slaves. They need, they need a World War III as a distraction while they destroy America, capitalism, take our freedoms, and many other things. Now, I've got a lot of articles to go through, but I wanted to share something with you real quick because what he's saying about George Soros, I totally agree with. A lot of people have said, oh, George Soros is a conspiracy theory. However, 
My mother-in-law brought me an art, a uh, magazine the other day. Said you might want to see this. It's from Capital Research, and it says the Living Rooms Pundit's Guide to Soros's District Attorneys, and it's got several district attorneys mentioned here, uh, and that he is controlling here in America. And this is the way they do it. They will groom people, get them in positions, and because they fund their efforts to be in office, they've got to do what he says, right? Years ago, uh, it's probably been, man, five, five, six years ago, Irvin Baxter and I were in one of the southern states. And I don't want to call the guy's name because he, you know, he, I, I don't know if he's still in office or not, but uh, we were doing a, my father-in-law was doing a prophecy conference down there. I was traveling with him at this time. When my father-in-law came out through the front doors, this individual approached us and said, hey, I want to talk to both of you guys. I have to tell you something about this George Soros conspiracy that's going around. He pulled us off to the side and he said, I'm a district attorney in a rather large city down here in the south. And he said, when I was running for my campaign, I was getting checks from the George Soros Foundation in New York. And he said, I'm a Democrat. I was taking his checks. And I thought, well, hey, I'll, you know, I just want to fund my campaign. And as they got closer to him being elected, there was a delegation of people from George Soros' company or his society that came down to talk to this specific district district attorney. They're sitting around a big uh, conference table and they just start pelting him with questions. Well, he told them, he said, well, I'm not, I, I am a Democrat in the South. I believe a lot of things that Democrats believe in, but I do not agree with abortion and I do not, I'm a Christian man, I don't agree with abortion and I'm really not going to push the LGBTQ agenda. He said, you would not believe what happened. He said, they pretty much, they'd come all the way from New York, giving him lots of money. They pretty much ended the meeting, got up, left, and he never received another check from them. So his family was independently wealthy. They had a chain of grocery stores or something. They funded his campaign. He was elected to the, as, as a second term to the district attorney there, as a district attorney in that, um, in that city, and never, never heard from the Soros Foundation again. They would not fund. Uh, they were trying to, actually, they quit funding him, thinking, hey, he may not get elected, but he was, his family had money. He went ahead and got elected. But I wanted to tell you that because I saw this magazine with George Soros and all, the, all of these George Soros district attorneys that he's funded across the United States. And I thought, this is so true what Wayne Allen Root is saying. He has spent billions of dollars trying to infiltrate people here in the United States, around the world, to try to get his agendas, his open society agendas, um, and... Push to, so where he could have people in key positions. Well, he said that, and I've heard other people say that Soros was influential in getting Zelensky elected in Ukraine. There's not much about it. You got to really search for it. But that um, Zelensky may have st- starred in one of Soros's movie or a, like a TV series and finally was influential in getting input into Ukraine. Now he's saying, hey, we've got to support Ukraine. He's trying to get everybody's support. George Soros, a total globalist. So what, a lot of these things that you think are on the surface, 
and the, the, the news media is trying to putting out lots of propaganda and this just this big spin, you've got to make sure that you're, you're looking at all the sources. Don't look at the 90% of the, of the bought and paid for media in the United States. Look at all these good conservative sources and what they're telling you. The, the measly 10% uh, that are fighting to put out the truth. Make sure you've got good sources that you're following that will tell you what's really going on because we want to make sure we're doing the right thing in the end time, right? That's my goal, and I know that's a lot of your goal as well. Wow, I know I, I know today's your day. I, I'm sorry for that, but I wanted to make sure that we know what's going on. There's a lot more going on I could talk about, but I want to go straight to the phones. If I run out of callers, I'll get back into it. If not, I may cover a lot of it on Monday. So let's go straight to the phones. Um, let's go to Sam in Texas. God bless Sam. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, uh, how's it going, Dave? Great. I was reading, reading uh, Matthew 24, verses 21 and 22, and Jesus yeah. explained that tribulation is going to be the worst of all times. Yeah. And if the tribulation af- is after the six-trumpet war for, where 2.5 billion people are killed, yeah. does that mean more than 2.5 billion people are going to be killed during the tribulation? No, it doesn't. The, the six-trumpet war where one-third of the world's population is going to be destroyed, that is a specific war that happens. When it's talking mm-hmm. about a time of tribulation here, it's talking about a time of persecution against a certain group of people. Jews, tri- um, the Bible says that when Satan is bound to the earth in Revelation 12, that he persecutes the woman with 12 stars around her head, which is Israel or the Jewish population on the earth, and those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ which is the true church of Jesus Christ on the earth. So those will be the two main groups of people that are persecuted. So Jesus was saying, hey, it's going to be the worst time of persecution the world's ever known, not necessarily casualties from a war. Two different things. Yeah. Yeah. No, just because it said that almost all flesh would be destroyed. So, I mean, all flesh, I just thought it'd be more. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. All right. God bless you, Sam, and thank you very much. So when he says in verse 22, uh, Sam, I know Sam's probably gone by now, but when he says in verse 22, and except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved, it's not necessarily talking about um, anybody left in the world as far as human beings, uh, mortals left on the earth. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about, because it says, but for the very elect's sake, those days should be shortened. So it's talking about individuals actually being saved here, uh, not necessarily human beings, because there will be a lot of people that the Antichrist will not persecute. Uh, because anybody that aligns up with and pledges allegiance to the Antichrist and obeys his edicts and takes the mark of the beast, he's not going to be persecuting them. The Bible says over in Luke that as it was in the days of Noah and Lot, that they were eating, drinking, giving to marriage... People are just going to be going along like normal. Most people on the earth, when the Lord comes back, the Lord will come back as a thief in the night to most people on the planet because they pledge allegiance to the Antichrist. They're in full support of Him. They've received the mark of the beast. They're able to buy or sell. They're acting as normal. But the Bible, when it talks about a time of persecution, it says that except for those days be shortened. And we know that that's the... Not the, the amount of days, but actually the days themselves when it talks over in the uh, fourth trumpet. 
The Bible says a third of the sun will not shine, a third of the moon, that a third of the day will be gone. And we know that that's happened already under the fourth trumpet back in uh, about in 1989. So this is exactly what it's talking about. It's not talking about mortals because most everybody on earth will follow after the Antichrist. That's why it's very important that you make up in your mind now, that's never going to happen to me. I'm never going to follow the Antichrist. I'm never going to take the mark of the beast because there's eternal consequence to that. So um, that's what it's talking about here. The, the, the six trumpet war, persecu- or the tribulation, the persecution, two different things here. Uh, I do thank you for the call, Sam. Uh, let's go to Marcelo in California. God bless, Marcelo. Welcome to Into the Age. God bless, Dave. Um, yeah, I'll talk, I want to talk about the sequence of the, because um, we're looking at the peace agreement and then World War III. Yeah. Um, because I've been thinking a lot about, because um, I hear a lot of people saying that the war is going to happen first, World War III is going to happen first, then they're going to, it's going to get so bad that, that um, you're going to have to have a peace agreement signed. Yeah. Um, but then uh, the scriptures, First uh, Thessalonians 5.3, says, in, and when they shall say peace and safety, it says, then shall sudden destruction come upon them. So that yeah. scenario, it doesn't make sense to me, because it's almost like there'll be uh, World War III, and then they're going to sign a peace agreement. Then, then according to the scripture, it says, and then shall uh, sudden destruction come upon them. So it does, it, when lining up to the scripture, it doesn't make sense. And plus, when you think about war and and how um, countries react, uh, the world the world has always been reactive. And I think, uh, according to like us being reactive, um, the um, when they sign the the peace agreement, there's going to be a reaction from the Middle East, uh, particularly on the Euphrates River, where there's going to be an automatic reaction when they sign the peace agreement. Yeah. And then that's going to make sense because then the United States is going to go and protect Israel right. after that. But that's just a kind of, it's been running through my mind, and it didn't make sense to me that the war would start first. It, yeah. may, it makes sense, according to the Scripture, that that the peace agreement would would happen first. But uh, I'm sick, so I'm just going to take your call offline. Yeah, absolutely. Show. Thank you. All right, Marcelo, thank you very much. Um, so I do understand what you're saying. It has been our opinion, and again, I'm, I'm, this is an opinion because the Bible doesn't tell us one way or the other, that the war would happen first, and then the peace agreement would get signed. Uh, again, I don't know. I know they're the next two events to occur on God's prophetic timeline, the Sixth Trumpet War and, war, and the peace agreement. The Bible does not tell us which one happens first. However, let me speak to the scripture that you brought up. 1 Thessalonians 5, let's bring everybody in on the conversation and listen closely, Marcelo, to this, these verses here. I'm going to start with 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 1. The Apostle Paul said, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. The people he was talking to. He's not talking about us. Because remember, Daniel's book was closed up and sealed till the people of the, of the time of the end. We can understand these things. The apostles and those people back then could not understand them. So he says, But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. When they say the day of the Lord, what are we talking about? We're not talking about the time when the six trumpet war is going to happen. 
The day of the Lord is when the Lord will return and His wrath will be poured out upon the armies that, will, that have come down to Israel to battle. So when it's talking about the day of the Lord here, it's talking about His second coming, when the Lord comes as a thief in the night. Remember in Revelation 16, verse 15, you go through the first six vials of the wrath of God, and then it says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth, keepeth his garments, lest they walk naked and they see his shame. So when the Lord comes as a thief in the night, that's at the time of the battle of Armageddon. That's not at the time of the sixth trumpet war. So there are two different things here. Then right after that, then verse 3 says, For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. So it's talking about the vials of the wrath of God. Like I just said in Luke, the book of Luke says, hey, just like as in the days of Noah, as in the days of Lot, people were eating, drinking, giving in marriage. They were just going about their day, not paying any attention to the prophecies of the Bible and really what's going on. Because if you're in full alliance with the Antichrist, he's not going to be persecuting you. You're going to be going just about your day. But the Lord's going to come as a thief in the night. And so, but then the Bible says, Destruction will come upon them as travail upon a woman, and they shall not escape. But then verse 4 says, But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day. Now he's talking to us. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. He said, You are children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us be watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. They that are drunken, drunk in the night. But let us who are of the day... Who are, who are the people of the day? The people that are watching, the people that have on the garments, the people that are paying attention to this and studying it and asking the Lord, leading God us by your spirit. The Bible says there will be people that understand. Uh, Daniel 11, verse 32 and 33, during the time of the Antichrist, they that do know their God will be strong and do exploits. They that understand among the people shall instruct many. So that's what it's referring to here. It's referring to the second coming of Jesus Christ the day of the Lord, when He will come as a thief in the night to, to most the planet. But to those that are watching, you remember when Jesus came the first time, most of the planet, most everybody on the earth missed His first coming. And the Bible says most everybody on the, at, on the earth will miss His, well, they will, He will come as a thief to most people on the earth. Because the Bible says when He comes, every eye is going to behold Him. That's Revelation 1-7. So that's what it's referring to. It's referring to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Behold, I come as a thief. That's what it's talking about. But it says there will be people that that day will not take them as a thief. Those are the ones that are watching and studying. Hopefully, End Time Ministries has been able to educate people over the years with Irvin Baxter and the things we're teaching now. And you won't be in darkness at that time either. We will be children of the day and we will know when things are going to wrap up and when he will come. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
when you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99. You can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. I got a quick announcement. Um, tomorrow evening and Sunday morning, my wife and I will be in Gladewater, Texas. Uh, we'll be doing a prophecy conference out there tomorrow night in Gladewater at the Abundant Life Church, 409 Money Street. And that will be at 6 p.m. tomorrow evening. I'll be teaching the Antichrist Socialistic Kingdom, going through the Great Reset, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism. All of that stuff exposing much of what Klaus Schwab is wanting to do. And it ties right in with the world governing body. They're all working together for the same thing, trying to overtake American businesses, everything. And then Sunday morning, we'll be doing Breaking Prophetic Fulfillments, a great Q&A session. Last year, we had a wonderful conference out there. Looking forward to a great conference tomorrow evening and Sunday morning. Tomorrow evening, 6 o'clock, Sunday morning, uh, 10 a.m. Look forward to seeing you out there. Now, uh, okay, let's go straight back to the phones. Valsa in New York. God bless. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, Brother Beck. Hi, Brother Dave. Can I'll, you take, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hi, Brother Dave. That's okay. Uh, uh, you know, I have a question about the Third World War. Yeah. Is that um, next to happen on the timeline? So, and I have one more question. Yeah, there are, uh, the, the, there are... So from the Old Testament prophets to Revelation chapter 22, there is a giant timeline that God has given us of events to follow. The next two events is the, the peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians and this Sixth Trumpet War or World War III. I cannot prove scripturally which one happens first, the peace agreement or World War III. It has always been our opinion, and I say opinion, because um, that the war would happen first. And then that would be the anti, the really an entrance ramp for the Antichrist. Because once the war happens, nations will be willing to yield up their sovereignty. Just tell us what you want us to do. That happened during, during the League of Nations. Most of the nations on the earth after World War I were willing to yield up their much of their sovereignty. And because the United States, Woodrow Wilson couldn't get his Congress 
to follow suit because they realized we had to yield up so much sovereignty to the United States that the League of Nations failed. So that was way back after World War I. After World War II, because of Pearl Harbor, we, had, we entered the war. They had to have the United States on board. Pearl Harbor was the event that got us on in, got the United States involved in World War II. And we defeated the European campaign. We defeated, we were victorious in the Pacific campaign. And in 1945, we had the United Nations was formed and the United States was the principal driver behind that. And so whole different situation now. Now the United States, the powerhouse of the world, was driving the world governing body. It was the New World Order. It's the same thing running today. It's the seat of power, uh, the seat of world government in the earth today, the prophesied world government. Well, they don't have the teeth or the enforcement mechanisms that they really want, the United Nations. They want to be able to dictate to nations what to do rather than have a, a general assembly resolution or a UN Security Council resolution, but then have five of the victor nations of World War II be able to veto that. We just saw that with Russia. So it appears that, from my opinion, Irvin Baxter's opinion originally, that the war would happen first. That would be the entrance ramp that would lead to uh, an antichrist, usurping authority over a world governing body. And on the heels of that, most nations will be willing to fully yield up their sovereignty and to cause, to make sure conflict doesn't happen anymore on the earth, which we know it's going to, but um, they will look at the, uh, the, it appears they will look at the Israel and Palestine and say, okay, we're done. You guys will sign a peace agreement. We're done with this bickering back and forth. You're going to sign a peace agreement. We will recognize it. We're going to recognize Israel's right to exist. And then we will move off into the final seven years. That is speculation. I know those events will happen. Whether the war happens first or the peace agreement, I cannot prove. Having studied this for years, that's the best scenario that we can come up with. When do you think the World War III will happen? Well, so the war, the war could happen at any time. Again, it's time on God's prophetic timeline, if we have not already begun the war, it could happen at any time. A lot of people think that World War III began on 9-1-1 when we started the, um, the war on terrorism. And that, or, and other people speculate that we have been at war with Iran really since the 70s because they are the number one st- state sponsor of terrorism on the planet and have been, you know... Uh, taking United States hostages and bombing different places in the Middle East. They're surrounding Israel. That we've been in war, World War III for quite some time. It just hasn't escalated to the point where we would have mass casualties. A lot of people speculate that. Again, I do not know which conflict will start World War III. What, what's going to be the, the, uh, the, the spark that starts that? I do not know the answer to that. The Bible says... Loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates. The Euphrates houses four nations. Turkey is housed in four nations. Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. The Iran situation is not going away. However, I, at this point, it's a, it's, I'm, a, I'm speculating. I do not know which nation or which conflict will start that war. All I can tell you is the war is prophesied in Scripture. The prophecies always come to pass. 
and that's what we're, we, we, we could be watching it as we speak. I don't know if the Russia-Ukraine conflict will spin off into a World War III. I don't think so, uh, and there's many reasons why I would say that. The Bible says one-third of the world's population has to be destroyed. If you killed, and I, I, and I know I'm saying this loosely, I don't mean to, because killing people, I don't want to see anybody killed. But if you were to kill everybody in Russia, everybody in Ukraine, that's only like, I think, 0.024% of the population. Nothing near. Nowhere's near one-third of the world's population. You've got to bring in a, a, a China and India, perhaps both, or and the Islamic faction uh, on the earth. Because I'm looking at the clues the Bible gives. The Bible says in World War III, Lucifer angels bound in the great river Euphrates. Okay? Russia, at this point, Russia and Ukraine, they're not, they don't have anything to do with that at this point. Other than Russia is an ally of Iran and possibly Turkey. And then uh, the Bible says one-third of the world's population will be destroyed. So you've got to pull in a lot of people to be World War III. Number three... The Bible says a 200 million man army will participate in this war. So there are three entities that can field an army of 200 million soldiers. China, India, and the Islamic faction on the planet, which is centered mostly right there in the Middle East region, the Euphrates River region. So in looking at it from that perspective and those clues, I don't think, again, anything can happen. I'm just looking at Scripture looking at the geopolitical situation going on and the, all the conflicts and looking at the history and knowing that there are other people that have their hands in the pot over there, uh, i.e. a Joe Biden type situation, that uh, it appears that the Ukrainian-Russian situation is not World War III. Again, could it spin into something and involve the Middle East? Possibly. But at this point... I uh, don't really see that happening. In other words, I don't think Iran is going to go up there. Now, I, I do know, I did read that there are Al-Qaeda fighters that are going in and fighting on behalf of Ukraine against Russian soldiers. Al-Qaeda. You, I mean, you've heard about the Al-Qaeda back in the day. We're the United States diametrically opposed to them. They're our bitter enemy, and yet now they're in Ukraine. They're, they're, this is crazy. However... I don't see it at this point being World War III. From what I know from Scripture, and I know the prophecies always come to pass in intricate detail. So I hope that answers your question, Valsa. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to let you go. i got a full bank of callers I'm going to try to get to, but I hope that answers your question. Uh, if not, email me, drobbins at endtime.com. I'm happy to email you back over the weekend, whatever I can do to help you out. Um, let's go to Monica in Wyoming. God bless, Monica. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi. God bless you, Brother Dave. Love what you do. Thank you. Um, I've been a listener for a long time. Uh, I used to watch and listen to both politics and religion. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just really have a comment today um, and an opinion, and I'll take my comment and opinion off the air. Yeah. Um, um, I was concerned with um, Revelation chapter 12, verse 14, mm-hmm. uh, and the women uh, were given two wing- wings of a great eagle. Mm-hmm. And my question or my comment is really, is, is, is it safe to say that maybe we could consider that maybe the wings really aren't the United States, that, that, that they're, they're an angel, they're a cherubim? Mm-hmm. Um, and what gave me that, in, what kind of gave me that idea was uh, Revelation chapter 4, it goes on, 
uh, in verse 7 talking about four beasts. There was uh, one like a lion, the second was like a calf, the third had the face of a man, and the fourth had beast wings like a flying eagle. So when I saw that scripture and I went back to Revelation chapter 12, verse 14 with the woman, with the... uh, was given the two uh, wings of a great eagle, I thought, well, you know what? Maybe she's being nourished by a ministering angel, like when Jesus was tempted uh, on the pinnacle. And um, I'll take my comment off the air. Okay. Thank you very much. God bless you. So the, when it comes to the, the nations that are involved in uh, Bible prophecy referred to by a, the, the nations that symbolize a um, that are symbolized by an animal symbol. It tells us specifically what the beast in Revelation chapter four symbolize. They're a cherubim. Go back to Ezekiel chapter one, Ezekiel chapter ten. It is a cherubim. It is an angel. And so I can see why Monica would say this. Now. I think she's gone, so I'm, 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 I'm acting like she's off the air. But um, I can see why she would say this. However, when you get to Revelation chapter 13, and it talks about the beast there, it's talking about, I saw this beast that had the body of the leopard, the feet of the bear, mouth of the lion, ten horns of the ten-horned kingdom, which is the world-governing body. The United States is not mentioned there. Jump back one chapter, and it says that it, the woman, Israel, is carried away on the wings of a great eagle where she is nourished in her place for time, times, and half a time. So, the question is, is, the, is that the cherubim that is mentioned in Revelation chapter 4? Because one of them had the face of an eagle. Or is that the United States? It's our opinion that it's the United States because... The Bible says that the, the four beasts are symbolic of an angel and that one of them had the face, or that one of them had a, uh, a, a was symbolized by a, an eagle. But it says it's a cherubim. When you go to the, just the one that's mentioned in Revelation 12, it's our opinion that the, that that is the United States because the United States is mentioned in Daniel 7, but it's not mentioned in Revelation chapter 13. So what happened to the eagle? Because of our relationship with Israel, and we're symbolic of the United States is symbolic of the um, United States in Revelation or in Daniel 7, it's always been our opinion, and I believe it's the case, that we will be the ones that stand with and protect Israel against the world governing body in the end time, throughout the end time for that final three and one half years. We're Israel's greatest ally on the planet and we have protected her for years against the world government. I've been part of the end time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Okay, I'm going to go straight back to the phones. Let's go to Terry right here in Texas. God bless Terry. Welcome to End of the Age. Two ministers do daily on the broadcast. You're really helping us quite a bit. Thank you. My question is uh, about the world governing body. Yes. Do you uh, believe that we'll have a president at that time who will keep us out of that uh, in order, us, in order for us not to be a part of that body? Wouldn't it be, make sense for us to have a president at that time that's not, that doesn't believe in that in order for us to stay out of that? Yeah, so it appears that that, on the surface, would have to be the case. I don't see... So I do know that from the 70s, whether it's been a Republican or a Democrat, mm-hmm. that we have protected Israel... Yes. Uh, President Obama, President the Bushes, Democrat or Republican, Clinton, we've all stood with Israel all the right. way through and protect, used our veto power to protect Israel against the world governing body. All of the resolutions, the anti-Semitic body of the mm-hmm. United Nations has passed against Israel, whether Democrat or Republican, with the United States has protected Israel and been her ally. Now, when it gets down to where there's a lot of pressure right there at the end on Israel... Um, it appears that we would have a president here that would stand with and protect them. However, and this is something I wish I knew the answer to, but I don't. What happens to the United States at the Battle of Armageddon? In other words, we protected her all the way up until the Battle of Armageddon, that final three and one F years. But at the Battle of Armageddon, the nations of the world have come down against Israel to battle where where are the eagle's wings at that point? Right. Um, and that goes along with uh, the the previous caller. She asked if the cherubim in Revelation four was the one protecting an eagle in Revelation chapter fourteen. I don't believe right. it is because if the eagle if this cherubim was protecting them, what happens to the cherubim at the Battle of Armageddon? Right. It, did it simply just go away? No. It appears that the United States will protect them all the way to the final, through the final three and one half years. Mm-hmm. But something happens. Maybe a president gets elected at that point that is not pro-Israel right. and allows them to come down to the Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon, the United States' role in that is one that we do not have the answer for. The Bible doesn't give us an answer for that. So, um, But up until that point it does appear that we will have at least a president that's favorable towards Israel mm-hmm. and against the world government. Um, yes, I, I would agree with you there, Terry. Yes, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah. thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. Thank right. you. Thank you very much, and God bless you. You too. Bye. Okay, let's go to David in North Carolina. God bless David. Welcome to End of the Age. Oh, yes, sir. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. 
I'm a first-time caller. Yeah. Uh, I just got saved a year ago in January. Oh, um, man. I've been Praise in, God. Been, thank you. Been in the church for 30 years and just got saved. I'm also uh, a Reformed free tripper. Okay. Uh, though I confess I don't know a lot, but my question is to get to the point, and then I'll, I'll take my answer off the line if that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, my, my question is uh, about the Ukraine-Russian Russian war. Now, I, don't, I agree with you. I don't think it's the start of World War III. But I can see, I live in uh, a military town in Camp Lejeune. Uh-huh. Uh, so I can, uh, a lot of us Marines have, have been talking, or old Marines have been talking, uh, and we can see where it could be used to bring uh, the U.S. economically to its knees, i.e. Yeah. the high gas prices inflation continuing to go up, even though we say, hey, we're going to sanction Russia and we're not going to get oil from her. Yeah. They know that that's going to kill the middle class. Yeah. So your, your thoughts, sir. And I'll take my answer off the air. All right. Well, thank you, David, and I, and I appreciate it. Um, and it's good to hear you're a, a, a reformed pre-tribber into a post-tribber. So that, that, that's awesome. And I'm not against a pre, uh, somebody who believes in a pre-trib rapture, uh, but we want to make sure the truth is taught. Let's just put it like that. Anyway, okay, so could the, the Russian-Ukraine thing be, be um, being perpetrated played out right now to bring the United States to our knees economically. Absolutely. And we have a president who is has the ideology, the mentality to want to do that. And I know that sounds horrible to say that about a president of the United States. But think about this. Russia did not close the Keystone Pipeline. We, we, the United States, our economy was screaming under President Trump. When he got in office, he pulled the regulation off our businesses. He started pumping oil, uh, and he was, we became energy independent, folks. We weren't dependent on any other nation during Donald Trump's presidency. And because he was, it was America first, right? And he was going to protect the borders, all these different things. Joe Biden comes in, who is a globalist, everybody. If you want to know what's going on between those two ears of Joe Biden, he is a globalist for years now. He's advocated for the United Nations. His last speech um, leaving office was about protecting the liberal international order because they knew Donald Trump, they knew at that point he was not going to protect, he wasn't going to play ball with the globalist and be in in a world government, wasn't wanting to be. So he said, hey, we need to protect the liberal international order at all costs. He, he is a dyed-in-the-wool globalist. And so now you know what's going on here is that the world government, different people, Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, they said, hey, we need this great reset. We need to move off of shareholder capitalism onto stakeholder capitalism, which is pushing a socialist agenda here in the United States. Joe Biden is pro-doing that. I'll teach a lesson tomorrow night for everybody showing up in Gladewater how Joe Biden is pro-World Economic Forum uh, agenda and wanting to move us off of shareholder capitalism onto stakeholder capitalism where the government and the community would be able to say what our businesses do with their profits. Hey, you can run your business but the government wants to be intrusive and say what you do with your profits. And so that's where they're really wanting to move. And 
So if you want to know what's really going on here, this could be happening because they're saying, hey, well, I heard Joe Biden say the other day, hey, as, you know, as long as the war is going on, uh, I didn't do this to the United States and our energy. I'm not, I don't have, I, there's nothing I can do about the gas prices. That's, this is uh, Vladimir, blame it on Russia. Blame it on Vladimir Putin. I don't have to blame that on Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin didn't do it. Vladimir Putin did not shut down our pipelines. He is not keeping us from purchasing or from producing enough oil to sustain us. Do you realize that Joe Biden could stop? We could, the gas pumps, uh, I just drove by a gas uh, station last night. It was $4.09 here in North Texas. I've never seen it over $4 in my entire life. Now, I've, I've, I've only been to California a couple times. I'm just saying from where I've lived, Indiana, Texas, and different places, I've never paid more than $4 a gallon for gas. It was $4.09. That could take a nosedive if Joe Biden would just give the word. Open up the Keystone Pipeline. Let our American oil drillers drill to their, till, you know, I mean, just let them drill, drill, drill. And we could, we could be energy independent in just a few months. If he wanted to, he could bring Donald Trump in as some kind of advisor and let him get the thing back on track. If he doesn't know how to do it, but he doesn't want to do it because the international community doesn't want us to do it. The World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, doesn't want us to do it. He's saying we need a great reset of the economy, a reset of capitalism. And that's what you see happening in the world today. But, People got to where, and, but you need people in fear mode to be able to will to, willing to yield up their sovereignty. So what happens? People got to where they weren't scared of COVID anymore, right? People got to be scared of something. COVID, we, hey, all of the deaths and everything start to go down. The morbidity rate, and so what happens? They kick off a war, and so. Folks, I'm following this stuff as close as I can, and I'm watching, and I'm thinking, this stuff is horrible. The links people are willing to go to, but it's scriptural. We know that things like this are going to happen. The United States is, is something I can't figure out. Because I, I know on one hand, we're going to stand with and protect Israel. We won't be part of the world government. The Bible tells us that. But yet, I see a... Joe Biden, and who is a total globalist, pushing us into world government as fast as he can. But the Bible says we're not going to be part of the world governing body. We're going to stand with and protect Israel. So how all this, I know how we end up, but I don't know how we get all the little steps getting to there. How do we have a president that will stand with Israel against the world governing body when we got one in there now that is totally just pushing us as fast as he can into world government. And so I'm, 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 watch, I'm reading everything I can get my hands on, trying to figure it all out. I understand the prophecies. How all this plays out in intricate detail, I don't know the answer to that at this point. I mean, that's why I'm reading and studying and trying to keep you guys up to date, and uh, our whole team here is. And so we'll just have to watch it. Because I have a different perspective than Glenn Beck and Adam Curry and all these other guys. What Glenn Beck, Adam Curry, and all these guys are saying is true. But they don't have the prophecy aspect brought in there. I'd love to talk to Glenn Beck. 
Glenn Beck needs to know about world government, world religion. He knows about world government, but he doesn't know the prophecy, the prophecies behind it. And all these different things that are happening, these guys, if they could tie prophecy in the Bible into this and give the solution, which is to be born again, then and prepare people for the second coming of Jesus Christ, that's the answer because there is going to be a world government and there is going to be a, a six-trumpet war and all these things will happen. But am I worried? Not really. I am. My goal is to win people to God and prepare people for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Wow. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm, let's, let's go to one more real quick. Uh, Lisa in Missouri. God bless Lisa. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. I am calling. I have been watching the unveiling, and I'm on yeah. the 13th lesson. Okay. And I've been speaking back and forth with somebody who's not sure that they believe in in all of this. So sure. whenever I was talking with them and I mentioned that the Antichrist will have rule over the world during the tribulation, mm-hmm. They come back with the, well, why does God even allow that? Why does he allow him to reign during that time period? If if he has true believers that are following him, why would he let them suffer? And I cannot come up with an answer that makes sense for them. Sure. So the Bible says, and I'll have to do this really quick. Okay. <laughs> the Bible I've got like 50 seconds, so here we go. The okay. Bible says that God knows the end from the beginning. And he has already seen all this stuff play out. And then he went back to the writers of the Bible and he says, okay, I want people to know what's coming. Jesus said, I tell you these things before they come to pass that when they come to pass, you might believe. So he went back to the writers. He went to John and he said, okay, in the book of Revelation, I want you to write this, 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 and this. All these events are going to happen. God did not cause them to happen. He just seen how the events played out and went back to the writers of the Bible and, it, and said, hey, here's how it all plays out. God will not interfere with the free will of mankind. And so he, the, the free will of mankind is how all of this played out. It's not necessarily God that has allowed it to happen. It's how it's naturally played out. And that's what God has seen. God bless. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com. 